everyone welcome to the first episode of my podcast the pk's corner pk's corner stands for pastor's kid so this is the pastor's kids corner where i will be talking about everything faith lifestyle church family friends everything in between growing your relationship with god and today we have our very first guest on the first episode so joining me today is the p and the pk the pastor is also my dad, Dr. Jose Rodriguez. Hey, everyone. Um, thank you. Thank you, Mom, for inviting me and being the first guest of your podcast. First guest, first episode yeah. of everything. Yes. Uh, well, you know, we've been talking about something like this for quite some time. Yes. Yeah. I felt like now is the right time to do it. Um, I, I guess why, why now? Well, I think it sort of aligns with everything in my life. Um, I found myself getting more involved in our church, more involved in kind of, or not kind of, but spreading the word across um, more of my social media. Um, and I felt like it was right to just start this podcast because more people need to know about Jesus. So I feel like what better way to kind of introduce others to Jesus than one that was born and raised in church, right? Yeah. I mean, it, you know, you, you hear a lot of different stories of um, PKs and how difficult life is for them and, and how so many of them fall away from things of God. Um, so I, I think there's a great idea for, for anyone out there that you know, your parents are preachers or pastors, senior pastors, whatever, you know, they're in ministry and you're always at church. Get to see and um, kind of like behind the curtain, you, you get to see some of the workings and uh, and a lot of that stuff, you know, can be hurtful at times. Um, and I, I guess that's why so many people have fallen away from um, just following God, it, it, you know, to the point that a lot of them don't even go to church. We've heard it before, too, just so many people leaving the church, whether it's a pastor's kid or just a, a churchgoer or someone that works in the church, um, going through their own trials and feeling their own sorts of hurt. And they leave the church um, for whatever reason, whatever church they're part of, whatever home life they have, um, they end up leaving. And I feel like in... My siblings and I, in our situation, I have three other siblings, older brother or older sister and younger brother. So, yeah, there's a lot of us in this family, um, in this pastoral family. I feel like for us, uh, we essentially didn't. It was never really an option, I guess, not to say it wasn't an option, but to leave the church when you've grown up in it. It never really felt like it was something that was um ever going to happen for us in a good way, I should yeah. say. Yeah. You know, I, I think mom and I, you know, what we did is just, we set a standard for our family and um, that standard was, you know, give some time, some of our time to God. And in this situation is Sundays, 
we have church on Sundays, Sunday mornings, and we don't schedule anything on Sunday mornings. We we schedule our life and life events around our Sunday morning times of worship. And I think that's a, that was a great habit you kind of raised us in to make sure to always go to church on Sundays, no matter, you know, in high school, if you're involved in extracurriculars, no matter the event that we had the Friday or the Saturday before, no matter what city we were in with those extracurriculars to always make it a point to go to church. Um, one thing that I will also say is that a lot of times we didn't even want to wake up. A lot of times we didn't wake up early enough to make it to the times, to our call times that we had, but we were still there. Um, I would say high school was uh, was something. It was a, it was a challenge um, being a part of ministry, growing up in church. Um, I would say that was probably one of the more difficult seasons. Um, I want to speak for myself on that. Um, my experience uh, growing up as a pastor's kid and going to public school specifically, um, just that it was a different different time than it is now being in college as a 20-year-old. Yeah. Well, you know, the I remember you guys were in band. And so if the team played out of town, you guys would go out of town. And then you had the October, what they call by Bantober or something like that. Bantober, yeah. <laughs> so every weekend there was something going on. I believe every and, weekend we were in Austin. Uh, every weekend. And then sometimes you get home, you know, I'm picking you up at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and then we're up, you know, 7 o'clock or so to get to church. Um, and, and I know that that was a challenge for you guys. But, you know, keeping with our standard, I think we, we needed to maintain that. Uh, not not because of what other people were thinking or what they were going to say or anything. It's just to further our relationship with God, we need to be able to sacrifice. And that's part of it. Right. And I think as, um, or growing up, I should say, I never really focused so much or I never really thought so deeply or intentionally on how you raising me and my siblings in the church and um, growing up in the church and ministry, making that a point to go to church every Sunday, no matter what we did before or after, and just making sure that we had that time, how it, um, I want to say subconsciously, uh, created this uh, fruit that my siblings and I can now uh, bear with you guys in. So, hey, I have a friend, uh, Pastor Terry Nance. He's um, the author of numerous books, but I, I think the one that everybody knows him by is uh, God's Armor Bearer. He shared a story of him and his twin brother, how his mom used to drag, drag them to church and how his brother one time was saying, you know, you can drag a horse to the trough, but you can't make him drink water. Uh, in other words, you can make me go to church, but I'm not going to pay attention. Right. And, uh, and then the mom responded to that and said, well, you know, eventually that horse is going to get thirsty. You know, and, and I think that's the, uh, that was our mindset. It, you know, we're going to take you to church. You may not be paying attention, but eventually life happens to us. And then we're there to receive what God has for us. You know, how, how, did, uh, how did that work for you guys? 
I would say it worked well. <laughs> I think in the best outcome possible, um, you know, we all have our come to Jesus moment, whether we were born and raised in church or not. Um, we all just have that moment where we feel um, tired, uh, discouraged, um, alone. And you get to that point where you want to find your purpose in life and what it is that you were meant to do, whether you knew that you were going to church, whether you knew of God or you didn't know God at all, you always feel that sense of purpose or that longing for purpose. And I think you and mom raising us in church and it being almost second nature to us to wake up on Sundays, to take our Sundays off completely, even if we had a a job, a part-time job, we never worked on Sundays or did as best as we could to not work Sundays during certain seasons. Um, where it became a second nature to us to where when we, or myself, where I felt those moments of loneliness, of sadness, um, discouragement, or that I didn't really have a purpose, it's where I turned to God. Um, so I would say it worked out pretty well now as we are um, in church, the four of us are in church serving God and serving people. Yeah, it. it- you know, and I, I obviously, mom and me always wanted this. We wanted you guys to be involved in church. It, we kind of made it a point not to push you uh, in that direction. Uh, you can be a doctor, go make money, a lawyer, go make money. But uh, jokingly, I said, you know, because ministry is really tough. And, um, and I didn't want my call uh, and what mom and I are doing to um, to negatively affect you guys, your walk with God. You know, there, there's, there are some things that, uh, that we can prevent, and those are within our grasp. You know, things, our attitudes, our actions, how we treat you, how we react to things and all that. Uh, and, and I think that has a lot to do with uh, with your development um, in your walk with God. You know, how I deal with mom, you know, outside of church. Because in church, you know, everybody's a Christian. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, mm-hmm. everybody's a Christian. Outside of church it is really where. You'll know. Yeah. And, you know, so I try to really um, live my life in a way that is honoring to God but also encouraging to you and your siblings because I, I didn't want my lifestyle outside of church to be different than when I'm on the pulpit. And, uh, and I, I pray, you know, every day that I, that I'm able to do that and present the person that God wants me to be to you because being in church also brings so many challenges. Um, and those challenges, there's very little we can do about you know, people leaving church, a family gets upset with me or with another family in the church. And that family happens to have your BFFs and then they leave yeah. and, and it hurts. It hurts me as a pastor when anybody leaves the church, but then yours is, you know, to, to a different degree. I, I think that not only does it hurt you because the family left, but now your friend left and you know, when you don't know exactly what's going on, which, you know, I try not to, you know, tell you guys. Always leaving us out. 
um, then, you know, I run the risk that you guys will blame me for your friends not being there. You know, so uh, how do you, you know, how, how have you experienced that, you know, when your friends leave? Well, I think at first I'm left with a lot of confusion um, and sadness because I've said this before, when you have friends in church, it's that spiritual connection, that holy, that godly connection that you build with people. That's unlike any other sort of friendship that's not based around God. Um, so dealing with it, it was just, you know, kind of like how you deal with losing a loved one. You take it day by day. It feels wrong. It feels not normal, but you just continue to hold on to everything that you have now and the people that are with you and the people that love you and will and do continue to encourage you. Um, even when you don't know if you're hurting or not, even if you don't see that it's within yourself, it's what you're going through. Yeah, it, it's, it's tough. You know, you, you lose people that you invest your life into. You have them come over. Their kids stay over guys would spend the night in some of their homes and you know so you have deep connections uh they would babysit y'all <laughs> and uh so we had deep connections and then they leave and like, we don't see them anymore and uh, I, I think those are situations that are kind of out of our control we we can't really um i've always said you know we we can't force people to stay in any church that that's God's doing, you know, whoever God brings to our church, that's who, who we minister to. And, um, and when people don't want to be there, you know, as much as it hurts, we, we can't force them to stay, you know, people are adults and they make their own decisions. Unfortunately, it, it does hurt. Yeah. It, it hurts when they leave and it hurts y'all as kids, Yeah, you know, because you have friends that leave church that didn't want to leave. <laughs> they were fine. Uh, and it was mom or dad or mom and dad uh, that decided, no, we're leaving. It's that childlike faith that confuses as to why someone leaves the church. Yeah, and then, you know, now you have a family either going to another church or not going to church at all. And then you have your friends that don't go to church because they're upset that they left the church where they had friends and no, so I think of that when, uh, for you guys, uh, because you develop friends, I mean, you know, I can't protect you from everything and we can't close the doors to everything. It, it, you have friends and, and those friends um, can become lifelong friends and you, you just have to be, um, you have to continue to be a friend to people even when, when they're not around. You know, so so I think, you know, it being a PK is is much more than just being a church goer. One thousand percent, yeah, definitely <laughs> more than it's a it's a sacrifice in itself. I think um, when you say it's more than just being a church goer, it's um, you know, people kind of look to you. Uh, you go to church, and you're you have someone that's your daughter's age. And they see you serving in the church or they see you singing on stage and, you know, you have that family or that person 
or even if you're not in church or not in our specific church and you know that someone in your life is a pastor's kid, you um, your eyes immediately shoot to them and what they're doing. So it immediately, we're born into a lifestyle. <laughs> we're immediately born into a lifestyle of being a follower of Christ, even when we don't even know it. I think that's the biggest Probably for me, that's been the biggest challenge is being a follower of Christ when I don't know Christ just yet. Right. Um, that was my biggest struggle was like, I feel all this pressure from family and friends because they know what a, a PK should look like or from what other PKs are doing. And I don't even know who I am or I don't even know what I'm doing. So feeling all this pressure because you're born into the faith, it's like, oh, well, you're a pastor's kid. Your dad's a minister. You should know how to know Jesus. You should know how to deal with certain things because everyone, I want to say they think everyone's experience is the same just because you're in the faith. You're going to go through the trials the same way because you have God, but it's almost completely false. I, the, um, I think church people also place unrealistic expectations on the pastor's family or the leader's family, um, you know, they, they expect, for example, you know, they would expect you guys to be perfect. You know, like if you're in children's church, that you're not going to be a child, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. when you're a youth, that you're not going to be a youth. Yeah. And, um, but the, the truth of the matter is that you guys are still experiencing life. And like we've sat down, you know, over dinner and we talked, I told you, I received the call. And when I accepted the call, everyone that would be connected to me had to be chosen by God. So mom had to be chosen by God because not everybody can keep up and put up with everything that, that I have to, that I've put mom through. Pastoral and non-pastoral. Right. And, you know, and I don't know. I don't think we've had issues like marital issues or problems or things like that, but, but just living a life of um, leading a church can be difficult. Yeah. So she had to be called to that in order to be able to maintain and sustain her walk, her individual walk with God. And then in addition to supporting what we're doing as ministers. Yeah. And I think it's hard because like you said, if you're in children's church, if you're a teenager, you know, they're shocked that we're acting like kids, not to excuse our behavior. They're shocked that we're teenagers and we have a bad day and we're more emotional. Um, and it goes to show this. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about is that, you know, you shouldn't. Just because we're pastor's kids doesn't mean that we are going to be perfect. Right. If anything, it's just like. We're pastor's kids. Yes, we're introduced to this faith at a young age, but we need Jesus just as much as the next person. We need Jesus just as much as someone who doesn't know him at all. Right. Um, so I, I think it, it, you guys need a lot of prayer, you know, because you didn't choose to be born into the family. You were chosen yeah. into that family. And, you know, like I told you, you know, God, God trusted you and your siblings enough to be born into this family because of what we, of who we are and what we do for God. And, and that's, 
that's challenging. A lot of people have a difficult time making that transition from um, being in the pastor's family to having a relationship with God. You know, and and I guess, uh, you know, just to clarify what, what all this means is just because you are in ministry doesn't mean that you're your life is devoted to God. There's a lot of people out there that, that treat ministry as a job. And it really is a lifestyle for us. It has become a lifestyle. And it is a family uh, lifestyle for us. You know, we, everything we do, uh, kind of like we're living in a glass bowl. Like, you know, we, we can't act crazy. We can't have bad days. <laughs> I think it just goes to show, like, I think in my struggle um, and getting to know God or getting to that point was, I don't want to put myself out there as a PK because if I make a mistake, then I will never be able to recover from it. Or because I'm a teenager and I talk back to my parents, I'm no longer like living a Christian life. Or because I didn't know God as well as I did when I was 14 compared to me being a 20 year old. Um, it's, it was that fear of dedicating my life to Christ and having that expectation and that standard on me of, okay, is she going to make a mistake? She's posting on social media about how much she loves Jesus. So what's she going to do now? Or if I see her in person, is she going to be the same way? I think that for me, um, being your kid, um, there's a lot of fear in that. A lot of fear in making mistakes. A lot of fear in letting other people down or leading them down the wrong path. Um, I think that's why I resented it almost um, as a teenager. Resented the idea of Jesus. Yeah. Even though I was there every Sunday. And like I said, it was unintentionally or subconsciously became sick, second nature for me um, because you and mom made it a point. You know, we will not miss church, not even for a vacation, not even just to sleep in. It, church is just, it's the only option. There's no other option. Uh, and I, I remember, uh, I think it, it, yeah, it was you that, you know, even in high school, you, you had friends that would mock you. Because your dad was a pastor and you were a Christian. I would come home crying from school because people that I didn't know and friends would mock me. I would wear, you know, we would go to a Christian concert and I would wear this shirt at school. And they would be like, oh, look, of course, Gerilyn has her church merch. She has her little church merch, her little things like that. Or, oh, Gerilyn is hyper-religious. She goes to church every Sunday. Or she sings at her church. She is super invested and she can't be fun or she can't do certain things. Granted, we shouldn't do certain things. But, of course, when you're not in, in church, it begins to feel like, you know, you know everything about the church. Um, yeah, so I would come home crying to you guys, being so confused, like, why I don't speak never negatively on anyone else's beliefs on their lifestyle. I simply just live my life. So why are they 
you know, persecuting me for just being me. And that's part of the reason why some PKs will drop out of church. Uh, for one reason, I think it may be mom and dad aren't available for them. They're so busy with ministry that they forget their children. And I've always tried to make it a point to, to not get so involved with ministry that, that I neglected you or the kids, you know, the rest of your siblings and mom. You know, so I, I try to make every concert, every football game, uh, you know, practices and everything that you guys had. You were in basketball, you know, judo is in football, Jariah football. And, you know, sometimes both of you had things going on at the same time, you know, and you know, uh, to always be there to support you uh, as parents. And, and I think that sometimes parents get so involved with ministry that they forget uh, the husband forgets that he has a wife, uh, that he has children. The wife forgets that she has a husband and that she has children and neglect. And because of that neglect, you know, what, what child wants to grow up to emulate that? And I, that's, that's a big problem. Uh, you know, I remember somebody, before I was a Christian, they told me, you, know, you should come so that you can meet me. And I always said, <laughs> that's why I don't want to go to church, because I don't want to end up like you. You know, and to me, it, that person, nobody liked them. They, they didn't, uh, they weren't invited to parties. You know, nobody wanted them around. And people like me, and they wanted me around. They wanted me in parties. And I said, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be the person that nobody... Light. Yeah, that's the biggest challenge too. As um, or in high school, is that you you just want to fit in. You want to just cruise under the radar. You don't want anyone to bother you. You don't want any. You don't. You just. You just don't even. You don't want issues for the most part. I I can't speak for all PKs in the entire world, but I know for me, I was like, I just want to like go under the radar and just kind of go with the crowd and all my friends. Um, because of that, because of the stigma that Christians have, because of the idea that if you're a Christian, you're not allowed to socialize or um, you're not allowed to, you know, listen to certain kinds of music or you're not allowed to listen to music in general. Um, that was my one of the things too in high school was that I just wanted to be like everyone else. And being called into ministry, having that call placed on your life is the exact opposite is that you shouldn't be like everyone else because you need to be able to be be the reason and be that light that reflects Jesus to show other people that being like everyone isn't everything. Um, that being a Christ follower, you can have everything. Yeah. We're taught that we are in the world, but not of the world. Uh, so while... So while we're here, we, we have to live yeah. in this world. Yeah. Uh, there, there's so many Christians out there that are so spiritually minded that they're no earthly good. You know, it, there's standards that they're setting are impossible for anyone to, to live up to. They don't live up to them, but they expect others to live up to them. And it's, it goes back to the same 
the same type of people in religious setting that Jesus walked on earth with. There was people, the religious people, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they placed these standards, these burdens on people that they couldn't follow. And Jesus said, it's like the blind leading the blind because they couldn't follow him either. Uh, but because they were in the in crowds, you know, quote unquote, uh, they felt like, okay, well, we can place this standard on everyone else. And, and I think that's the problem is um, we live in this world. We can't conform to the world. You know, Paul wrote to the church at Rome and told them, do not conform to the pattern of this world any longer, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we, we learn the world tech. We learn how the world functions, but we need to be transformed and function like God wants us to function uh, in the world. And it, it's, we are aliens. You know, we, for example, we are resident aliens of this world because our citizenship, the Bible says, is in heaven. So we have to live with honor and respect while we are here. Uh, and and not say, well, it doesn't matter because I'm going to heaven. Yes. So, as a as a pastor and as a father, how do you even just the criticism that you faced from family members and friends that you know maybe didn't necessarily go to church but had strong opinions about raising your kids in church? How were you able to handle that? Because growing up, I, I saw a little bit of it, but like you said earlier, you did a good job at kind of shielding us from that kind of uh, negativity growing up. Well, you know, uh, I think that one question that I pressed on you guys whenever you come and say, hey, so it's all said something about me. This one question has always helped me. Is it true? If it is, then change it that people don't talk about you anymore. If it's not true, don't worry about it. And, you know, I've been accused of killing you guys. <laughs> when COVID came around, you know, they said, uh, you know, you're going to kill our family. And I'm like, why would I want to do that? Just, um, I've been accused of being uh, too strict and abusive uh, to the point that that you guys are afraid of me and that's why y'all don't do anything. And I said, y'all don't even know, you know, the kids, you know, they can talk, to, they can ask, you can ask them anything and they will, they will tell you the truth. And, you know, it, but in all of this, God always told me, you know, don't defend yourself. You know, the Bible says that the battle is his. It's not mine. So I don't need to defend myself. Um, and I just left it in God's hands and I continue to love y'all and raise y'all as best, you know, we've been able to. I think that's something that I personally struggle with, defending and defending and using my tongue to get my point across. Uh, I'm working on it. But <laughs> well, you know, that, there's a, a theological term, it's called apologetics. It's defending the faith. So we can always defend the faith. You know, if someone says Jesus is not the only way to heaven, well, we can defend that. But as far as me, personally, when people are attacking me, I don't need to defend myself because God's got me. 
And, and I think that's what, uh, how we can separate that. You know, it doesn't mean that I'm meek and I'm never going to oppose someone else's views yeah. because I do. And when they, when they come against what God is saying, then I will uh, make mention of it. And I'll defend the gospel and I'll defend what scripture says. If they talk about me, God says the battle is mine. So, you know, situations like that, I just, okay, God, you got this one. And it's um, a little sad to say, but I feel like it gets a lot easier after high school and not having to constantly, you know, defend who you are as a person to other people because had this conversation before i had it recently um where in high school you know everyone cares about what everyone's doing because it's it's all we have all we have is high school most of us don't get jobs that fulfill or fill in our schedules until maybe our senior year of high school so all we're, our job is to just be in school and to be at home and have friends so everyone's invested in everyone's lives to the point where you care what someone else is doing in their free time and then it's like as soon as you get to college or as soon as you just graduate high school if you're not in college it's like a slap in the face no one cares just do what you have to do and move on with your life and survive right um and I think that's the biggest lesson that I've had to learn where it's just like no one cares except you you know I think you've said this before where we are our biggest um our what was it our biggest critic our biggest critic we are our biggest critic and it's something i think teenagers and young adults alike young adults mainly on like the 23 and younger side struggle with and not having or just realizing that you know what it's it's not that deep no one cares just post what you feel like is in your heart to post about your faith or post about how you went out to dinner with friends or just things like that that felt so big but it was only because it was under a magnifying glass yeah you know and then once you take that off it's like oh okay so it's not like this in yeah. your life whatever you focus on grows yeah whatever you feed grows yeah. and uh, you know if you're only focusing on the negativity eventually even if it's a small thing that thing will be huge yeah um you know, so we, so we have to be careful with that and, and understand the, the overall yeah. um, scheme of things. You know, it, it, not everything is about us. Yeah. And I'm guilty where I think, you know, if I'm going through something, I'm like, that's it. It's over. I'm done. And then I get out of it. I'm like, Geraldine, you're, you're dumb. Like, <laughs> relax. And I say that to kind of bring up the point of PKs being in ministry and not being in ministry. Um, like you said before, you know, if we want to be a doctor, just make money, just do something else that's not in the church. Um, and I remember we would have those conversations and you would tell me, go do something else. And I'd be like, I will. Like me being me, I was like, I'm going to do something else. Like I'm not going to, I was like, I'll go to church. I'll go to church on Sundays. But once I have my own life, once I grow up, I'm not going to serve in ministry. And I feel like I kind of like shoved that down your throat where I was like, dad, I'm not doing this. Like, I hope you know, this is not going to be my forever. And <laughs> it, it just goes to show that if it's, 
in God's will. Nothing's going to get in the way, even if we, even if we feel like we're, we're 100% sure that this is what we need to be doing. God has the final say, right? I think I had a similar conversation with your sister. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I, you know, we think we know, (laughs) we think we are like sure because we saw you do it and we saw our brother do, we saw our friends do it. And we're like, you know what, just because other PKs serve in the church doesn't mean we have to. I've seen it happen before. Yeah. But. And but the flip side of that is also true. Just because you're a PK doesn't mean that you have to serve in the church. Yeah. You know, you can serve in different ways. You can serve at your job, your school, in different careers. Yeah. You know, there there's a, a, some PKs, some kids, you know, some people that are called to ministry within the church walls um, to be able to train and send people out outside of the church walls. And, and I think, uh, you know, do well to keep uh, that in mind. Uh, but being a PK does come with, with a different set of challenges. It, just because you're a PK, it, it's automatically expected that this is what you have to do. Yeah. And I, I feel like I struggled with a lot of imposter syndrome, you know, where it was like, I'm a PK, but I'm not identifying as one because I don't want to be in ministry or I just want to like have a job and go to church. Um, or it was on the flip side where it was like, I am a PK, I'm serving in ministry, but I don't know what I want to do with my life. And I don't even know if I'm meant to serve in ministry, but I'm doing it anyway. So I felt like that imposter syndrome where I was like, oh man, like, is it wrong that I don't know what I'm doing? So I'm just serving in the meantime or. You know, the, I think that busy in the things of God uh, is how we find out what we need to do. No one ever succeeds just sitting down. You know, at some point you have to get up and you have to try things. You're going to mess up. You're going to fail, but you will get up. You know, if you're watching this, you have survived the worst days of your life. The worst mistakes you've ever made, the worst day you've ever had, you've survived it. So try something else. Do something else and keep moving forward. That's what I've always told y'all, you know, it's, well, we'll figure it out. You know, it's not, uh, you know, failing in one thing is not failing in everything. Yeah. It's just part of the the maturing process, part of the growth process. Um, But I think, you know, I think a big problem, I would say, in the church is the difference between what a, a, a pastor is, you know, if you call him pastor, apostle, prophet, whatever, you know, I'm talking about the lead, the senior minister of a church, the, the preaching pastor. When there is a difference of behind the pulpit and outside of the pulpit, I think that really negatively affects um, not only PKs, but also church people. Um, you know, not to put you on the spot, but, you know, how's your experience, you know, seeing me, you know, you, you see me preach almost every, every Sunday and then you see me at home all the time. <laughs> I think there's, uh, 
growing up, I had a hard time separating the two where growing up and being a teenager, I was like, I just want my dad. Like, I don't need the minister. I don't need the pastor. I don't need the one behind the pulpit. I just want my dad to sit with me and watch Friends or sit with me and watch a movie or just listen to my silly little high school drama and just be there. Um, I think I just, I struggled with that a lot until I realized, you know, it's, it's a blessing to have um, someone of the faith like you as my dad. Um, granted, I do feel sometimes where I'm like, oh, you know, it would be kind of cool just to have a, you know, a dad that's, you know, maybe not a pastor or maybe just to have a pastor that's not my dad. You know, you hear all the time where people, they naturally, they just want to tell their pastor things that their family, that they don't want their family to know. And they confide in their pastor. And I'm like, well, what do you do when you don't really want to talk to your family about this, but your family is the pastoral family. Your family <laughs> is the pastor. Your dad is the pastor of the, your church. Like what, how do I navigate that is where I struggled. But then it's as I started to dwell in the word where I understood, okay, my dad is authentic in who he says he is. I was able to see it firsthand. Whatever you say as a pastor, whenever you plug in the mic and you're in front of the camera, whatever you say as a pastor, you live after all of that. Lights turned off, you go to sleep, you live it. And I think that was just something that I personally had to learn was, you know, as a pastor or as a believer, we should not, if someone is seeking help, it should never, our first instinct or our reaction should never be of judgment. It should just be to love them and to listen. Um, it's like you say all the time that as the, there's a reason why we have two ears and one mouth. Right. It's to listen. So I think that's just one thing that I had to wrap around my head was that there to listen. And you've been in ministry 25, over 25 years now. And if your 20 year old daughter has a issue, I need to get it in my head. Like he's definitely heard of a little bit of work drama. Mm -hmm. You know, he's definitely heard of girls starting drama or you know, he's heard it before, so I shouldn't think because just because I'm his daughter that it would be unexpected. Um, yeah, and being able to give you the time, I think for me, I always made it a point that I wanted to make sure that you guys never felt uh, ignored. So you come down from your room at whatever time of day and if you talk to me, I put stuff down uh, to listen to you and really have a conversation with you. And, and then I take my position, I guess, you know, seriously enough that whatever you tell me is I hold it in strict confidence you know, to the point that even mom says, why don't you tell me? <laughs> yeah. There's but, like some things where I'm like, okay, this is where I just need my dad. And then there's some things where I'm like, I need my pastor. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, you know, um, which I'm grateful for 
that God gave you that, you know, to separate the two. Cause I'm like, I feel so like weird talking to my dad, who's also my pastor. Like, how do I separate the two? So it's always nice to know, like I can come up to you and I'm like, you know, I can have my pastor, you know, after hours, you know, like closed church clothes, not on Sunday. I'm grateful that I have that 24 seven advice, um, where I can just walk down the stairs and talk to you. Um, and two, that also goes that you being a pastor is also a full-time job 24 seven, maybe not just for me. And I need to understand, it's been something that I've had to learn because I, I get very, um, I'm very passionate. Territorial. Territorial, passionate, whatever, whatever you want to call it, where if, you know, the, the life of a minister is 24 seven. You know, it's not like you are a manager at a bank and when you clock out at five, that's it. No one can contact you. You're done. When you are in ministry and you're a minister and you are leading a congregation, it's 24-7 because that's essentially what you were called to do because who else is going to do it, right? Yeah. And, and that's where I think ministers really need to be careful. Uh, that while you're doing that, you're not neglecting your children and your family. Because that's when we, we see a lot of PKs falling off because of the neglect. Not, not because you weren't a great minister, but because instead of being a great minister and a great dad or a great mom, you chose to focus on just ministry. You know, remember that God gave you your first ministry is your, your family. And, and that's what I... That, that's what I like doing. It's, I love hanging out with y'all, you know, going to a movie. All the time. <laughs> you know, watching y'all, cheering you on. You know, it, it's, it, you guys are part of my passion. And, uh, you know, I love that, that you guys are now doing ministry with me. I, I think that's, that's like the best gift that I could ever receive. But we, we are going to talk, you know, eventually, I guess, you know, about different issues and you know, stuff, dating, I guess. And, you know. I feel like that's the infamous topic in <laughs> the Christian world, dating yeah. and navigating that and singleness. <laughs> yeah. And as Waiting Christians, season, how do you do that? Right. How do you, yeah. I mean, I don't even yeah. know myself sometimes. Because <laughs> yeah. remember, Romans says, do not conform to the pattern of the world. So the only pattern we know is the world. Yeah, In, in this day and age, is social media. Yeah. We yeah. only know the pattern of the world. Yeah. And the Bible says, do not conform to that. And so we, we need to be renewed uh, in our mind. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but we'll talk a little bit more about how we did that and how we've navigated through those seasons and uh, what my crazy advice uh, and points and point of view has been, have been, and, you know. I think this will, there will definitely be a lot of things that should be addressed to help others, to help me even as I'm still navigating. I mean, I'm in college, I'm 20, you know, um, just because I, I like how you say it at church all the time. Um, just because we know God doesn't mean everything's fixed. You know, and it says it in the Bible too, I think. It's in Mark. 
uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It's where Jesus tells them if you're, if people are sick, they go to the hospital. And then if, you know, so it's the same for your spirit. If you feel like that heaviness or feel sick. He came to save what was lost. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Just like a physician goes, you know, for the the sick. Yeah. We're sick. Yeah. That's why we go to church. Yeah. You know, church is a place for messed up people. It's a place of healing for sure. Yeah. And, and those messed up people need a savior. And like I've said, we are there to be uh, facilitators of a relationship with you. Uh, we should never be an obstacle to that relationship. It's a bar. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, we'll, we'll talk, you know, about yeah. the other stuff and we'll, we'll go deeper, I guess, in some areas. And Yeah. I feel like we can just talk for hours. Yeah. Just yeah. like we do naturally outside of, you know, talking with headphones and a microphone. I feel like we can have these sort of conversations for hours, but for the sake of, you know, this. And we will have uh, your, your siblings. Uh, we'll, we'll sit down and. In due time. Yeah. I have, you know. I have some plans and, yeah. you know. And we have like a, a table talk yeah. like, like we do in our, our dinners. Maybe. Yeah. You know, something where we just, we'll give you a peek into our crazy conversation. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. But we, we will, you know, I, I think you're doing this for, to help PKs, not just PKs, but anyone who's really like a Christian. Yep. Uh, you don't have to be a PK to benefit from some of uh, the experiences that we have had. Yeah, for sure. You know, just, uh, you know, put aside that I'm a pastor. She's a PK, uh, a pastor's daughter, pastor's kid. You know, it, we, I'm also a dad and she is also daughter. So, you know, from that perspective, there's, there's a lot of things that we've experienced and navigated through to, uh, um, you know, they could help. Yeah. We're still here. We're still here in church. We're still here at home. Um, and that's the main goal, right? Is to just get people to know Jesus more. This is another extension of that. If it's any way that I could help someone, you know, I don't know, um, who may need to hear this, but that's essentially what the PK's corner is about. I'm sitting in a corner and I'm just talking. I'm just trying to help whoever needs it. Maybe if you don't even need it, if you just like listening to podcasts. I know for me, I found a great love in listening to podcasts when I'm doing laundry, driving in the car, or just eating instead of watching TV. It's become something that I've really enjoyed. So that's what this is all about. It's about about your faith. It's about your life. It's about navigating relationships with family, with friends, maybe even romantic relationships. We're all going through this together. And that's what I'm here for. I'm here to go through this with all of you guys and to give you a little glimpse in the lifestyle that I have. And maybe it can be an encouragement to you. Um, in due time, we'll get the rest of the PK, the PKs out here. Um, but this is the first podcast ever, the first episode of the podcast. First so, guest. so make sure to, to subscribe, though. You know, you'll you'll yes. be able to. You'll be notified when uh, a new podcast is out. Uh, so make sure to subscribe. Yes, there will also just be lots of other fun 
Not that this wasn't fun. I enjoyed this. <laughs> there will be other fun topics too, just to look forward to in the near future, in the future, and just nice conversations. Because one thing about me is I love to talk. I love talking and I love talking with people and interacting and, you know, what better way to do this in, you know, in this setting, right? Yes. And maybe it could be a help to someone. So uh, how do they follow you? Your socials? My social medias. I am back on TikTok. I took the summer off. My TikTok handle is Gerilyn R. So my name should be somewhere on here on my podcast. Um, my Instagram and my YouTube is Gerilyn Rodriguez. My last name is Rodriguez. My name is Gerilyn. I'm sorry. My name is such a <laughs> different name. I, I, it was going to be Jade. And my parents, you know, I get this question at my job all the time. Where, where did your parents get the name from? It was in a book. <laughs> I couldn't tell you the reasoning behind Gerilyn, but that's my name. And hopefully I can be a help to you guys. Um, sorry, my name is so difficult, but I promise so, not everything else. Yeah. Is. So, so reach out and give us, you know, maybe some topics. Yes, I will be, you know, first, first podcast. Yeah. Give me some topics. True. Give yeah. her topics. This is the PK's corner. You can yeah. have your own corner somewhere else. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, this is. This is for the PK. So. <laughs> so make sure to subscribe. Gerilyn is going to help you in any way that she can. Um, I'm confident of that. Thanks. Well, with that, I want to say thank you for joining me on the first ever episode as my first ever guest on this podcast. Thank you, baby. Thanks. Love you. Love you. Thank you guys for listening and joining us on this podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe and share it um, on any sort of platform that you guys have or whoever you want to share it to. This is to help not just PKs. This is not just to help just Christians. This is to help anyone who just needs some encouragement and some advice and someone that hopefully you can relate to as we are navigating this life together. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Have a great day and I will see you guys in the next one.